In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everybody. As many of you know, uh, the Bales family have, we, we, we have had a very interesting 2018. It's been uh, what we're calling, we're choosing this word carefully, an adventurous year. Some of you know that last May, we moved to a hotel, and we have been there ever since. Um, it's, a, it's a little sweet. So we have, we have two rooms uh, with our toddler, Daphne. Of course, now we have Lucy as well. We moved to a hotel. Our house was undergoing a necessary repair, which, as you as probably has happened in your life, turns into a, a, an overhaul renovation um, for coding reasons and all kinds of other things. Uh, just to make things really fun, though, Mindy and I decided to have a baby in October while in the hotel and the renovation, blah, blah, blah. So it's been adventurous. It's been adventurous. Actually, it's been disruptive is the word I should, would probably use, and disturbing. It's been chaotic. It's been full of change. Um, by the way, just a personal word of thanks to so many of you who, when Lucy was born, instead of doing, bringing us meals, you just gave us gift cards um, so that we could get a warm meal um, outside of the Homewood Suites. And so that's, that's what we're doing with those gift cards. Thank you. And, and your gifts for Lucy have been so sweet. Uh, we have felt so loved by you. Just a personal word. Some of you have asked, how are, your do how are you guys doing? How is Mindy holding up? Do you think you'll still be married in January? <laughs> As Mindy and I have uh, enjoyed these, uh, these, these uh, happy hours at Homewood Suites, which they do for free, by the way, advertisement for Homewood Suites, we've been chatting about this year, and, and we've talked about, how, you know, what is it that's keeping us afloat and sane, I think, in the midst of the, this chaos? What, what, how do we keep going together as a family? Here's what we've determined thus far. It's the promise and the hope and the expectation that in the new year, we will come back not only to a new house, but with a new baby, and therefore, in a sense, a whole new life. So yes, it's been utterly grueling to be in the hotel for eight months, but we sort of see it now as a disruption that is leading to and preparing for a brand new, better life together in a very true way. All this disruption of 2018 for the Bales family has merely been preparation for a blessing. Disruption, preparation, blessing. Listen, if you ever hear the word repentance in the Bible, don't be afraid because this is what repentance is. It's disruption, then preparation that leads to a blessing. When we hear repentance, we tend to hear it sounds to us about as appealing as taxes, right, or dentist. 
But we don't have to be afraid of repentance because, in fact, in the Bible, repentance isn't something to fear. It's something to welcome because with repentance comes new life. Repentance, in a sentence from the Bible, repentance is rearranging our current lives to make room for God's new life. It's rearranging our current lives to make room for God's new life. It's rearranging our thoughts, our words, and our deeds, as we're going to pray in a few minutes, to make room for God's life. So today in our gospel reading, the second Sunday of Advent, John the Baptist is preaching about repentance as preparation for the blessing of Christmas. Here we go, three Christmas blessings that flow from an advent of repentance. Three Christmas blessings that flow from an advent of repentance. Take Luke chapter 3, that insert, you find it on your scripture insert, and follow along with me. Three Christmas blessings that come from an advent of repentance, all from the person and preaching of John the Baptist. Actually, let me give them to you all at once, and then we'll track through them very briefly. First, blessing of Christmas. Advent repentance makes room for God's revelation in the midst of our silence. God's revelation in the midst of our spiritual silence. Two, Advent repentance makes room for God's reign in the midst of our slavery. Revelation in silence, reign in slavery. And three, third Christmas blessing, Advent repentance makes room for God's redemption in the midst of our sin. The first Christmas blessing, God's revelation. Now, in the beginning of the passage, as, as, as Luke opens chapter 3, we're introduced to John the Baptist, and he is a prophet extraordinaire. You say, I don't know what the word prophet means. Listen, prophets, easy to remember, prophets are people designated by God to speak for him to the world, especially to his people Israel. So think, all, all the Old Testament prophets, Jeremiah, Hosea, Daniel, and so on, all of these Uh, men, and there were women too, communicated the gospel uh, to his people. As John comes on the scene in this passage, God has not spoken to his people in 400 years. This is the, if you ever wondered what happened between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New, uh, and the beginning of the New Testament, nothing I mean, in the Bible story, God goes radio silent. Did you know that? God goes radio silent. He doesn't speak to his people for 400 years. Can you imagine what Israel was thinking and praying and feeling? Yahweh, where did you go? Did what did we do? When will you come back? Will you ever come back? Are you angry with us? And into the midst of this spiritual silence, after 400 years, boom, John the Baptist comes in, and this is his sermon, what we have today in front of us. You want to know why we make such a big deal about Jesus in the manger, why it's a big deal for Christians, why it was a big deal in the Bible story? It's because Jesus is God's first word after 400 years of not speaking. 
He is, remember John's gospel? Jesus is the word made what? Flesh. God doesn't speak for 400 years. And then Jesus. John the Baptist is heralding God's new revelation in the midst of Israel's silence. I stopped by our house two days ago to check on things, the house that's being repaired and renovated, and I stood in what is left of our kitchen at this point. You know, boards are everywhere. I can see the floor underneath. The, the, some of the boards are ripped up and wires are hanging down. It looks it's like an apocalyptic vision in our home. And I heard the strangest sound in my home. It was the sound of nothing. Silence. Dust is everywhere. Things are broken. Furniture is pushed to the middle of the room. And it's completely quiet. Friends, what keeps us going right now is that it won't always be quiet. Because there will come a day in the new year when we will hear the wonderful sounds of laughter in that space. We will hear the sound of food being prepared, coffee being brewed, silverware clanging against each other, Lucy, Daphne singing somewhere over the rainbow, and, you know, hopefully Lucy, when she's talking, singing something different from somewhere over the rainbow. (laughs) It's silent now, yes, but when the renovation is complete, new life will be heard. My question for you is this. In what ways this Advent season, right now, are you encountering spiritual silence? Really ask yourself the question, where did God go radio silent in your life? For some of you, it may have been 20 years ago or more. In what places do you feel abandoned by God, like Israel felt abandoned by God? In what way do you need to hear God speak? In the counseling office, Mindy and I are um, often readers uh, of of a man named John Gottman. He does a lot of research on marriage, and and he says this, one of the meanest things that a spouse can do to his or her spouse, the cruelest things you can do is to stonewall, just nothing, just completely shut down. I'm ignoring the awkward marriage looks that I'm getting from around the room right now. Listen, I want you to think about God. Friends, the good news of Christianity is that the God of heaven and earth, the God who made you, who intimately knows you, the God who you failed a thousand times, did not stonewall humanity and does not stonewall humanity. He spoke in Jesus that first Christmas, and he speaks every Christmas anew into the midst of our spiritual silence. So make room, prepare. This is what Advent repentance does. It makes room for God's revelation in the midst of your silence. Here's the second Christmas blessing. God's reign breaking in on what enslaves you. In our passage, John is announcing the arrival of a king, King Jesus. 
He quotes Isaiah from the First Testament, such a poetic piece. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight. The rough ways made smooth. John is referring to a technical practice in ancient times whereby a king, when he was making a trip somewhere, especially to a realm of his kingdom, he would send out a herald ahead of him, and that herald would prepare the way of the king. That is to say, literally, he would or she would fill the valleys to make it a straight path, remove the boulders out of the way, maybe even clear forests so that the king had a straight path to his realm. John is saying, Israel, I'm clearing a path for, you, for, for, for your Messiah king, for the king who's going to come, and unlike the kings who rule you now, will offer you more and in fact, will set you free, not just from their oppression and the cultural enemies that you have, but this king will set you free from something deeper, from your sin. That's what enslaves you. So second Advent repentance question for you, what enslaves you? What enslaves you? Our, Israel's oppressors may have been cultural and political, but I would suggest to you that our oppressors, maybe we have some cultural and political enemies, but most likely, at least from the counseling office, I know this, our oppressors are more like our attachments. Our oppressors are kind of inside of us. It's what we desire. It's what we love. Things that aren't worthy of our desire and worthy of our love because they turn into cruel masters. So Josh will go first. I am enslaved by my pride. I am enslaved by selfishness. I, I do want what I want, but then I want it so much and with such passion that I hurt Mindy or I hurt my family or I hurt my coworkers at church. I'm enslaved by my impatience. I want things now. I'm enslaved by my envy. They have it better than I do. I'm enslaved by my fear. What enslaves you? How about you? It, these are my cruel masters, and they reign in my life most of the week. Christmas, for me, is a chance to remember that Jesus comes to bring His reign and break the power of my oppressors, just like He did for Israel. When we first realized in uh, the spring that our, our, we were going to have to leave our house, we were very upset, uh, of course, because, um, you know, of all the, the disturbance or whatnot. But in, in fact, we were so undone about it that we were tempted to try and tough it out. And, and that is to say, to ignore the mold that we suspected was growing underneath our kitchen cabinets. Like, you know what? It's not that bad. It's okay. It was just, it's not worth uprooting Daphne and her room and how, you know, etc. But as the days passed, the problem festered and the stench of that mold reigned in the Bales home. It smelled awful. It smelled so bad, we simply could not keep doing what we were doing. 
We had to get out. And so, when it came time to get to the hotel, we sped to the hotel to get out from underneath that awful smell, to let the construction workers do their thing so that one day, hopefully, our house will smell sweet again. Here is what I can hear John the Baptist saying to us today. Your king is coming at Christmas, and he wants to bless you with a kind of freedom under a kind of rule that you have never known. He wants to set you free from the cruel masters who oppress you during the week, self-greed, fear, and patience. But you, you got to make way, make room. We, we sing it at Christmas time, let every heart prepare him what? Room. Make room for King Jesus to reign over the sin that enslaves you. I promise you, he is a better master. Here's the third and final Christmas blessing from Luke chapter 3. It's redemption. It's not just that Jesus brings us revelation, speech, revealing a part of God in the midst of spiritual silence. It's not just that he brings his reign over these cruel masters. He goes to the heart and soul of the issue. He cleanses us from sin. The third Christmas blessing is redemption over sin. Luke tells us that John the Baptist says it this way, He proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Later, he quotes Isaiah, all flesh will see the salvation of God. Israel may have thought that their only need was for a political leader to come in and fix their cultural problems and their political problems, but John the Baptist says, no, 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 you've got much deeper problems. You don't just need a king to repair you you need a Savior to renovate you. You don't just need a repair. You need a renovation of the heart. Friends, don't forget the Bible talks about repentance, and I'll close with this, as a gift. Now, I grant you that is one strange gift. It doesn't feel like a gift right now at the Bales home. But it's, repentance is a gift sort of like the surgeon's knife is a gift, isn't it? It's a necessary gift if you want to be made well. It's a disruptive gift that should you receive it will lead to your deliverance. So this Advent season, God is asking you and me, Would you let yourself be wounded by me, the surgeon of souls, so that I can heal you at Christmas? Would you, over the next few weeks of Advent, let me meddle with your life, maybe break you, maybe rearrange you, so that I, the surgeon, can mend you in the end? Would you let God, would you let me and my truth cut you so that I can get inside and clean out that sickness from the deepest part of your soul. On this second Sunday of Advent, God invites us, Cathedral Church of St. Luke, get up on the gurney and let God the surgeon work on you. Christmas Day will feel like a million bucks.
God's revelation coming in on our silence, his reign sweeping out the cruel masters that enslave us, and his redemption cleaning out our sin. Let us pray. Then cleansed be every breast from sin. Make straight the way for God within. And let each heart prepare a home where such a mighty guest may come. Amen.